The following is a presentation of the Speed Sport Podcast Network. Kyle Busch won the... BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Season opener at Talladega. DeGroote was second. He's the reigning champion. It's the iRacers download, where reality meets the virtual world of auto racing. Cardwell hoping it stays green. He nearly spins it around. Who's it going to be, Cardwell, Berkeley, or someone else? iRacing's executive director, Dale Earnhardt Jr. I think that NASCAR is starting to see the value and the opportunities that can present themselves working with iRacing. From the SpeedSport Podcast Studios, powered by My Race Pass, here are your hosts, Justin Prince and Taylor Burris. Welcome to another edition of the iRacers Download from the SpeedSport Podcast Studio, powered by My Race Pass. And also, of course, we are here to talk about some amazing things in the world of iRacing. My name is Taylor Burris, of course, and joining me is... Not Justin Prince, but a different Justin. Justin Melillo joins us on the download as we talk to some of the biggest names in esports competition. This week, Justin, we had some really special guests joining us. They were the winners in the IMSA Esports Global Championship. Drivers for Mercedes AMG Apex Racing Team, Luke McEwen and Alejandro Sanchez joined us here on the download. Hey, Taylor, thanks for having me here on the podcast. Um... Really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, it was it was really cool talking to both those guys. Uh, winners in the first race, the IMSA Esports Global Championship. They put on a spectacular show over at Road Atlanta. Um, they were they they really did uh, put a a number on the field, right? They were, I think they led every lap, or except for a couple maybe during pit cycles. But they were they were up front. They had a little bit of a challenge from Team Redline towards the end, but. Uh, Definitely uh, really cool to see Alejandro Sanchez and Luke McEwen, Luke McEwen uh, go out there and, and do a uh, really uh, stellar job out there on the track. Yeah, really great performance. Of course, the GTP category was a BMW 123 as Urano Esports Data Group took home the top step of the podium with Don- Dominic Hoffman and Jonas Wohlmeyer, who took home their BMW number 90 GTP to the top step after starting 13th. So a little bit of strategy had to come into play, a little bit of audibles that they might have had to work out in order to get to that top step because really in this type of a sprint race format, drivers who are outside the top five, maybe top 10, can be a little difficult to get into a winning position, but Urano definitely showcased they had what it takes to kick the season off. The uh, coming from 13th place is, is remarkable in any sort of racing uh, series out there, right? Uh, the Just getting up there through pure speed, though, is even more remarkable. I don't think they had strategy more as they had speed. They were one of the fastest cars on the track throughout the event, they got up within about, I'd say, 10 seconds of the top two cars, which was another Redline car. Redline, you know, of course, they're they're fast at everything they do. Redline was up there, and uh, Williams Esports was up there, and both those cars ended up getting drive-through penalties, um, which, not to say that 
that your honor wasn't fast, but I mean, it definitely did help them get into the lead and they were, they were able to capitalize. They didn't get a penalty, which is always, you know, the, the best way to do it is, is doing it clean and, and keeping it green throughout it. So uh, definitely a, a spectacular job by them as well. Uh, great recovery for both Williams and Redline to get uh, the podium finishes. And uh, also want to shout out uh, Kawanda, VRS Kawanda finishing. Uh, they ended up six. They crossed the line third. They ended up with a penalty post race, but they they did that race in one less stop than everybody else, which was uh, pretty, you know, it was, it was definitely really cool to see the strategies play out. And had they not gotten the penalty and gotten a podium instead, it would have been a uh, another remarkable story as well, Taylor. It really would have. I mean, it's amazing to see the BMW top the top three. But, of course, like you said, that was after the penalty with Coanda, with, of course, the Charlie Collins and Lauren Heinrich, number 91 Porsche. But we saw that it's a little bit balanced out, like we thought. Of course, a Cadillac finished in the top five as well. The only one that is a little concerning... I have to say that this these drivers who are utilizing the Acura GTP might have to go back to the drawing board. The highest finishing Acura was the CrowdStrike racing machine of Scott and Samuel Michaels, who came home in eighth place after starting inside the top five. Do you feel like that the Acura might have to do a little bit of work to see what they could do, especially going to Watkins Glen next Sunday? I felt like the bop was pretty fair among the four different manufacturers. Uh, Acura, they, they had some decent speed in qualifying. They didn't really, none of the five teams, cause they're, they're five equal, uh, each manufacturer has, has five teams. They, they made it equal with all that. So there were five Acuras for, uh, five BMWs, five Cadillacs, uh, five Porsches that were out there. And, um, I, I felt like the Acuras and, and the Cadillacs both had decent speed. They just didn't have the same brakes and the same, you know, ability to get through traffic as maybe the bmw did uh in particular uh the, and and we look at the bmw teams i mean they're some of the top names in all of esports right redline williams uh urano of course winning it so uh, it, it i think it really comes down to the the players behind the the wheels more than the the bop itself um cadillac ended up with the pole with uh, Altus Esports, the number 43, getting it. So um, I, I feel like it's pretty fair. They just got to maybe the, the teams themselves have to do a little bit more practice this week for the upcoming race at Watkins Glen. Yeah, it's going to be exciting to see. Of course, you can catch all of that on iRacing's platforms on Sunday, this coming Sunday. So that would be, of course, November the 12th at, I believe it's going to be 2 o'clock. Let me double check the time on that. It is actually 1.45 is countdown to green. So, yes, 2 o'clock is when the actual racing event kicks off at Watkins Glen. You can catch all of that on both iRacing's eSports channels as well as also the VCO's eSports streaming platforms throughout the event. But we have to go from the world of sports car racing, Justin, to, of course, the world of eNASCAR. The eNASCAR Road to Pro Contender Series kicks off another round this coming week as they head to Richmond Raceway. And, of course, this is a little bit of more your wheelhouse, Justin, with covering the world of eNASCAR for quite some time. But can anyone, and I mean seriously, anyone stop the dominant run of Vincente Salas? I don't know if anybody has anything for Vicente this year. He's just been lights out. 
three straight wins and a second place to start out the season. I don't think I've seen a more dominant performance in the contender series where you're taking the top drivers from the qualifying series and some of the, you know, guys who made it through to the Coca-Cola series in previous seasons that, you know, maybe just had a bad luck uh, streak go out through their 2023 season. You've got 40 of the best drivers that are on the track in this series and Chente's just lights out. He's He's been a threat in every single one of these races. He's been qualifying good. He's been clean. He's been, you know, maybe maybe the uh, the Phoenix bump with with Femi uh, was, you know, his his not his cleanest moment, but otherwise he's been racing everybody hard and 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 clean. And once he gets to the lead, he just pulls away. So it's been very impressive. I don't know if much more can be said about how impressive it's been uh, for his season. He's definitely looking like he's going to be getting the opportunity to get back into the Coke series for next season. And, you know, some of the other names that you look at, Caden Honeycutt's been really good. He had an off week this week. Um, Ryan Luz has been pretty good. Uh, Zach Novak as well has been pretty good. And he's been, um, he, I think he had an off week as well. So, um, you know, some some of the names that you normally see in the conversation have been in the conversation for sure. And uh, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how it all plays out at um, Richmond Raceway uh, this weekend, because, uh, again, that's that's another place that that Vicente's won at. He 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 led every single lap when he won there in the Coke series. So um, we could be looking at four straight. We could, and of course, that was his rookie season a couple of years ago where he was able to do that, which is still another astounding record that he will hold for probably quite some time, given the fact of the nature of that win. But another question I want to ask you, Justin, about this championship, who are the drivers that you're surprised are not in the top 20 right now? Uh, of course, one big factor I have to talk about that everyone probably is, is Rael Fowler. He was in the top 20 at one point. Now he's 30th, so and quite a ways back in points from getting to that 20th position. He's about looking at it 18 to 20 points behind that bubble spot of Kevin King, who holds it right now. Yeah, Rael Fowler, I really thought that this was going to be his year to get back into the Coca-Cola series. Uh, he He spent his entire career at that top level it he's won four championships he knows how to get it done and when he fell out last year it was it was an eye-opener to many because nobody thought that that was even possible even in his his worst seasons he's always bounced back i mean the the first time he got relegated out he went out and won the whole contender series and and you know the second time wasn't he wasn't as lucky and and it's it's surprising to see, you know, maybe he's got some, you know, different things going on in his life that he's not able to kind of put the same amount of time and effort into it. But, um, you know, I'd, I'd like to see him get back into the series personally. I think he's uh, good for the series. I think that he's still got a lot left in him and can go out there and maybe get five, six and seven, be a seven time champion. Wouldn't that be cool? Having a seven time E NASCAR champion. Uh, that's, of course you know, well down the road. But I mean, it, it, this is an ageless thing, right? I mean, it, it's not like real life racing where as you get older, it gets harder to drive the real car. There are some of the top racers that are, you know, up there in age and, and raised one of them. And I think that he could go out there and perform. He just hasn't and hasn't had the luck. I mean, he was out before turn one at Darlington last week, which is just 
you know, just the nature of the business sometimes. Um, but yeah, he's surprising. I would say uh, also the qualifying series champion, Daniel Buttafuoco, uh, him being down the order is is surprising as well. I thought that he would have a better contender. Uh, he's run into some poor luck. He's it, it seems like he's had the speed to be in the top 20 and he's just not had the luck to be able to, you know, stay in those positions. So um, those are, I would say those would be two of my biggest surprises so far that are outside the top 20. I have to agree with you on that. Those ones, Brian Mercurio is another one who he's right on the bubble, so he could still find his way in. But given the fact of some of the speed he has showcased as far as at the start of the races, he can't quite seem to close the deal like we've seen him do in previous iterations of the Contender Series as well. So we'll have to see how that will work out for him as there's only a couple of races left in this Qualifier Series or this Contender Series before we have our Top 40 for 2024. Of course, the next race after Richmond is at the Monster Mile at Dover. Then, of course, we head to the season finale at Texas Motor Speedway on the 29th or yeah, the 29th of November, so just at around the end of the month. So this is the final push that we'll see before we set our 40-car field for 2024. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely coming down to it. Um, we're probably going to end up taking 21 this year, and that's because of the retirement of Michael Conti. So we, we have to advertise 20 because Conti could change his mind on the last day and say, you know what, I want to race again, so... It could end up being 20, you know, if if Conti does change his mind. But realistically, we're looking at 21 coming in, which is about what it's been for the last couple of years. Somebody usually retires from from within the top 20 and, and you get like one or two extra people through that process. Um, but, yeah, it's it's going to be kind of uh, I would say. The, some of the names that I'm looking towards the bubble that are going to be not sleeping well. Wyatt Tinsley, he was in the Coke Series last season as a rookie. Dylan Alt, uh, Brian Mercurio is on the on the other side without a drop. Uh, with the drop though, I think he is within it. Ryan Doucette, who um, is was he's been in the series for a couple of years. Kevin King, who came back last season. Derek Justice, uh, Ray Fallow, of course, we talked about. Butterfuka, we talked about, and a lot of a lot of new names that are coming up as well that are that are right on that bubble. Uh, like Kwame Scott, he's barely in at the moment. Uh, you got um, Agnel Phillip. You got Daniel Smallwood. You got Matthew Zwack. There are a lot of names. There are a lot of people. There, There's a lot that can happen in these last three races. And Richmond being a short track, I mean, it, it's... I wouldn't call it the action track anymore personally, but it's, it's still anything could happen. And I am looking forward to seeing how it all plays out. Uh, funny that you mentioned the driver of Michael Conti. I recently, I think this over the weekend, I saw a tweet, and this was after iRacing released that development update regarding possible changes coming up to the oval side of iRacing going into 2024 season one. And he was kind of like, if that could work, he was not saying he was saying he would be back to competition in 2024. But if the things work out right to where the oval side seems to be a better update to where it's better racing, better driving experience, we could see a return of Michael Conti coming back into competition in 2024. Yeah, I, I, I'm not really putting any any real, you know, 
I wouldn't really put my chips in on that. Michael Conti, you know, spent all of last year telling us he's not coming back. He spent his whole yeah. It's Been Great tour saying uh, it, he's not going to come back. And we'll probably still see him around, right? We'll probably still see him in many of the special events. Um, I'm sure that the broadcast will have him on as as something at some point, you know, to talk throughout the season. So it, it's it's definitely... I don't think Michael Conti's going to be too far away from the competition, but I think the actual competition itself, we're not going to see uh, E-Driver 8 uh, taking part in it, which, you know, good for him. Good for him for for stepping out and, and going on and, and doing other things. Um, he's definitely fulfilled. He, he's had a fulfilling career winning the championship and and, and being as, as dominant as he's been throughout all of his career. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't put any stock in, in seeing Conti come back, but uh, with the oval refresh, I mean, it, it, you might not get Conti back. You might get other people back. If, if it does turn out right, you might get some of the names from, you know, the, the very early years of the series coming back. I, I'd love to see what somebody like a Richard Tyler could do. Uh, against the guys that are that are out there today i know tyler's got other things going on in his life that would probably prevent him from doing it but uh, you know guys like that coming back and we've already seen like guys like kevin king and joey brown come back to to see how they could fare against this uh crowd of drivers that we got right now so um yeah uh, fingers crossed for a good oval refresh right I have to agree. Looking forward to seeing what could happen in 2024 season one, which will be in December of 2023. So they do it by the quarterly season for iRacing. But with that, we're going to take a quick commercial break. But when we come back, we sit down with our winners in the IMSA Esports Global Championship, Luke McEwen and Alejandro Sanchez, next on The Download. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, joining us here is, of course, two very special guests. And, of course, they have already kicked the season off for the IMSA Esports Global Championship with a very big win at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta. They are driving the number 101 machine, Mercedes ART for Apex Racing Team. It's Luke McEwen and Alejandro Sanchez joining us here. Gentlemen, first and foremost, congratulations on your win and a very close fight with Team Redline, as well as also one of your sister teams with the Apex Racing Team. Yeah, thank you very much. It was a pretty cool race, to be honest. Uh, we didn't really expect to be so far up the grid, but I think with the, we had a good, really good quali, and then the first stint was also really good for us because we managed to build a gap on those conditions that favored America a little bit more than later in the race being like the track being a bit cooler and yeah this car being overall better on this type of this type of conditions and yeah we managed to hold on to the lead in the end luckily and yeah Luke did an amazing job holding off Redline for the win it was yeah really 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 special Luke, let's come to you because you were one of the driver who held it off and took it home to the checkered flag in this event. 
what is it like to try to battle with some of the top teams? Of course, you yourself being one of the top GT drivers in the iRacing platform, but going up some very tough competitors in this championship with, of course, brand new cars being added on compared to last season. Yeah, like Alejandro said, going into it, we were confident in ourselves, in our car, but we knew that you know, everyone else always brings the highest level, such as Team Redline, you know, bringing, getting really close to us at the end, so we knew we'd have a tough fight. Um, yeah, just managed the race perfectly. I don't think we could have done much better. Obviously, traffic plays a big part, and yeah, it's a um, very good big part in the in the race, and we got it well at the start, and then Coming into the last in, we kind of got a bad rotation of traffic where we getting it in all the worst corners, T3, T1, and uh, Ole managed to catch up. But yeah, like I said, we go going into these races, you know you're going to be up against the best drivers on the sim, and we've just got to bring the best we, we can bring. Now, of course, you guys chose to race the Mercedes-AMG GT3 car, the updated one, of course, that's been on iRacing for a few months. What was your decision to utilize this car compared to maybe the newer Ferrari 296 or even the BMW or the Porsche 911? Yeah, we're we are. Uh, yeah, we have a contract with, okay. yeah, we have a contract with Mercedes, and we are basically like a customer team. So we are mandated to run at least one Mercedes. The plan was to run two, but uh, the way that this championship works is like you have five spots per car, I think, per GT3, and they just uh, give that to different teams. So in the end, we had one team in the Merc and one team in the in the BMW. Of course, most of the cars are pretty, pretty similar. Uh, some have better top line, like, top speed and some others are better in the corners like for example the the ferrari but overall they are pretty well balanced nowadays uh so yeah we just had to extract as much as possible from this car of course we've already done petit le mans and we've done i think every single special event this year minus a couple of them at the beginning with the merc so we are we are still getting to grips with it because it's one tricky car it's not the easiest car to drive and yeah, it requires a very specific driving style and you need to be absolutely perfect while driving it in order to not lose time and to not kill the tire. But yeah, overall, I think we maximized what we could do in this round. And yeah, I was super happy. We put like combined probably between the two of us over 100 hours on, on this track. So yeah, it was it was a lot of effort and fortunately it paid off. Well, one thing we have to talk about, of course, is this amazing championship with IMSA. IMSA is put a lot of effort into iRacing and in sim racing here these past couple of years. Of course, we saw the championship make its debut in 2022, but here in the start of 2023 all the way now, we have now seen new GT3 cars, all new GTP cars with the prototypes, how do you feel that this new partnership and this continuing growth with IMSA and iRacing could be beneficial for sim racers as well as also the championship series? Yeah, I think it's uh, a good partnership to have as um, you can get a lot of teams involved and different drivers involved who prefer to drive the prototypes or the, the GT cars. So having 
newer updated cars is always going to bring more viewership and more people to the platform yeah obviously we've seen over the past year iRacing has brought I think four four new GTPs which is just insane for the the racing you know having loads of different cars each having their own strengths same with the GT3s it just makes the racing really interesting and hopefully uh, enjoyable to watch so guys, I'm I'm looking at last season um in the the 2022 iteration. Alejandro, you were part of the winning team on uh the the number 98 car uh in the same uh series. You were driving the Porsche last year. Has any of that contributed uh to you personally uh towards your successes so far this season? Yeah, I mean we already know how the format is, like the the length of the races is the same as last year and everything. Other than, well, this year I don't think we have yellow flags, but last year we did. And of course, last year we were the fastest class. This year we are the slowest class out of the two. But yeah, I think it's played a big role in in this year. We already know, we already know, knew how to prepare the these races, even though the cars are completely different, they change the aerodynamic model and the tire model as well from the last season but and even the car the car drives like the porsche compared to the merc drives completely basically the opposite it requires a completely different driving style but yeah i've become more or less used to this merc and i've translated what i know from my past experience with these other gt3s into this season and hopefully yeah we can extract the maximum performance we can out of this car in in every single track. Just building off of that, you you mentioned the switch between being the fastest class last season to being the slower class this season. Does that change the strategy up any any bit from uh, having done it one way and now having to completely do it um, a different way with faster cars now coming up on you and you not being the faster cars coming up on the slower traffic? Yeah, definitely puts you under a bigger risk of being taken out and getting damaged. And it's also a bit easier to not lose time in, in traffic because you are not the one making the move. You're just getting past. Just have to facilitate as much as possible for both cars to not lose any time. Uh, but yeah, sometimes you get them in awkward places and you lose a lot of time. As Luke mentioned, there's like some kind of rotation of traffic that is either good or bad for you, and there's no in-between. So yeah, you just have to manage that rotation and be super patient because the sort of luck that you may get in one stint is going to even out on the next one. So even though you lost, like, maybe let's make it like five seconds in one stint, you're probably going to gain it on the next one because of this rotation. But yeah, overall, just a bit easier for us, I'd say, because we are not lapping cars. And yeah a bit more stressful maybe because these cars, the GTPs are super fast and when they go past, they close up at an incredibly high rate. <laughs> you basically start seeing them in the mirror and two corners after they are overtaking you. So you gotta you gotta watch your mirrors quite a bit and it's very, very stressful, I'd say, managing the tires and looking at the mirror and yeah, making sure you have good pace. But yeah, overall, makes the whole experience a lot more interesting, definitely. 
Now, you both have competed in other uh, iRacing's uh, eSports championships. And, and Luke, I'll go to you here for this because you're competing in the, uh, the – you've just competed in the Contender Series for the, the Porsche Tag Yours uh, eSports Super Cup. Um, that, all those cars are the same. They're, they're all actually the same cars. And, and um, you know, what, what is it with this type of car, this, you know, tin top car that, that just clicks with you guys? Uh, Luke, I'll start with you. Yeah, I think it's mainly the driving style that I suit. You know, you have to, these cars are a lot less downforce. You know, you've got a, your inputs have to be really precise and you have to really control the car with like the pedals um and there obviously with the tim tops you've got not quite in porsche cup especially in the gts you have a lot more setup options than some open wheelers it all depends on obviously different cars but yeah it makes it a lot more interesting there's more factors to the racing and uh i really do enjoy the racing especially in the porsche cup you can go door to door with people with no issues obviously whereas in open wheelers you know you're you're banging wheels you're probably not gonna gonna finish the race so for me you follow closer the racing is more intense and you've got more more options of tin tops where you can have obviously imsa multi-class traffic or you can just have like the porsche cup you can have single make single cars and it's all super close and tight packed so i think that's for me what i enjoy about it the most well as we come to a close on this gentleman first and foremost i wanted to ask about your partnership with apex racing team as far as working with such a well-known organization that continues to push the limits when it comes to sim racing and esports competition and what this or what the team is planning for the rest of this year going into 2024 of course obviously for us it's essential being in such a good organization uh we are just constantly pushing each other to extract the maximum we can out of uh, out of our driving basically and yeah during the week we are doing like uh basically like two or so races per day like test races between us and we're just always trying to find the next best thing and try to tweak the setup as much as we can to suit or driving styles but yeah overall i think it's essential to our success because we need this structure in order to progress and in order to get these results that we've been getting so obviously we are super thankful for apex racing team for giving us these these opportunities and yeah we are always trying to improve and trying to get even better results and uh, Luke, if you have a thought on that as well. Yeah, obviously, like what Alejandro said, I think teamwork is you're never going to get somewhere working just by yourself. You always need to have people around you working together. Obviously, for the end of this year, I'll plan to to do well in this IMSA championship with Alejandro and the other car we have. Obviously, it's not just me and Alejandro working together. We've got our other car and we work as a four to try and push each other to the most. And then looking forward to to next year, we've obviously got the Porsche Esports Super Cup that we, uh, we're going to have a big group of us doing it. And uh, I think we're both really looking forward to seeing what we can we can do in that, in that championship. And then obviously IMSA again next year. Hopefully that'll be on because obviously it's after the first round, 
we really enjoy this championship as a team doing so well being undefeated in the gtd category so yeah we're just always looking for different challenges and as a group and seeing seeing what we can do in in all the different series well gentlemen thank you so much for your time where can people go to follow you on social media to keep up to date with all of your racing both in the imza esports championship as well as also other forms of sim racing you can follow apex racing team on both instagram and twitter and my personal account is at alexanb 47 both on twitter and instagram as well and luke yeah on instagram luke McEwen. 22 and then also twitter luke McEwen 17 so i think that's the two places you can keep up to date with me the most gentlemen thank you so much for your time that is alex sanchez and luke McEwen, winners in the imza esports global championship gtd category with mercedes amg art and we look forward to seeing them at the next round which is of course going to be on this coming Sunday as they head to upstate New York at Watkins Glen for the next round of the IMSA Esports Global Championship. Thank you so much for your time, gentlemen. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back to the iRacers download from the Speedsport Podcast Studio, powered by My Race Pass here. Taylor Burris, along with Justin Melillo, as we discuss more news and content in the world of iRacing, as well as also other esports news. Uh, briefly, Justin, we will touch on this as far as some news regarding another company that uh, unfortunately has lost the rights to Tora as well as also the British Touring Car Championship recently. So their series is up in the air and we'll be looking for a different avenue to help bring the British Touring Car series to the virtual world in gaming for the time being, as well as also for recent updates as well as of today, IndyCar status is still up in the air. So we'll have to wait and see if those two series will find a way into a different avenue to bring into the world, which I think a lot of people are going to be watching what iRacing and NASCAR will do with their new game coming out in 2025. Right. iRacing having the night, uh, the NASCAR license is, uh, you know, something that all developed from what was going on with motorsport games. And, you know, surely we'll be seeing more things come out over, you know, the coming days, weeks, months, um, having to do with the, the BTCC license now being uh, voided by uh, Toka and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, it's it's just a bad situation, though, for, for everybody that was involved with that. I mean, you, you hate to see people in this industry, um, you know, get laid off. It I've, I've gone through it. I went through it with, with that, and I'm really not at, you know, I'm, I'm not able to, to talk too much on it, but, you know, it... it it is the business and you know, it is what it is, but um, it, I'd, I'd like to see what happens with, uh, 
with the BTCC license, if anybody else is going to pick that up and possibly make a game, if if that all goes through, uh, I am going to keep my eyes on the IndyCar license. I'm big. I'm a big IndyCar fan myself. Uh, I've you know for for years I've participated in the iRacing IndyCar 500. Um, I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to see that come back and um, you know even even more so now as an iRacing employee. That'd be that'd be really cool. I, it, it, you and I think several several hundred thousand people would actually be happy for that if IndyCar license were to come back in some capacity, uh, other than just us utilizing the cars and select tracks back to iRacing in the near future. Uh, I sat down with one driver who is a USF Pro champion now usf pro series 2000 series champion he was like he was so disappointed when indycar got rid of the license especially in his viewpoint they got iRacing got the indycar just perfect for him to where he could it feels like he's driving in the open wheel category like he is currently working his way up through the ladder so he's up disappointed but hopefully like he said it will come back around to where we can have that return to us in the near future it's not like the Delara IR18 isn't available for uh, users, members to uh, go and and race on. It's just you know a little bit limited on the the official side of things. So it is. you know it's it's still an option out there for people to go out there and 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 race around in, and it's still one of the best cars on the platform. And um, yeah, I I think more or less the the sentiment is is that um. It would be one of those moments where everyone liked that if if we could get some sort of, um, you know, agreement together. But I mean, that's not my department. That's no. not I, I can't really talk on that. I shouldn't even be mentioning it type of thing. But yeah, it's it's um, it's going to be tough. And I'm you know what, more or less with the NASCAR game um, that's going to be coming out in 2025. I'm really excited about that because I've played the world of outlaws game religiously and i'm not even a dirt guy and before i even started working for iRacing, i was playing the world of outlaws game like it was nascar thunder 2004 which was my my childhood go-to nascar 2004 and dirt to daytona were my two games that i played growing up and world of outlaws really did fill that void of of my childhood wonder and and um, it really makes me excited for what could possibly happen with a uh, a NASCAR uh, IP uh, under that same type of of banner. So, um, looking forward to that for sure. And you touched on that. You know, my childhood was the same two games, Dirt to Daytona, but I was O three instead of O four back That's then. That's fair. <laughs> but uh, one of the things I have to talk about is, you know, we see this continuous tease and updates regarding the career mode that's coming to iRacing. And, you know, with iRacing and the NASCAR game coming in 2025, who's not to say that this career mode was a way to test the waters in order to make sure the career mode for the NASCAR game in 2025 is going to work smoothly? I mean, who knows who's to say that maybe for certain people, if they want to do a quote unquote career mode, they start off in the Cars Tour late model or a Legends car before they step up into a ARCA car, a truck, a Xfinity and then a cup car. I mean, if they were able to do something like that, that's almost reminiscent of Dirt to Daytona. I wrote an article while I was at Traction what the uh, what I felt the perfect NASCAR game would be, and that was that was almost like a a love letter to uh, whoever higher up at 
MSG and would, you know, possibly read that and, and put that towards whatever was going to come after NASCAR 21 ignition. I was like, you know, I'd love to see some of these lower series being represented in the NASCAR video game space. Something like a car store was, was a perfect example. Um, getting something like in the world of outlaws, you can go run a dirt street stock. Why can't we have a asphalt street stock in a NASCAR video game, go out there and, and run something like that at the short tracks. I mean, there are endless possibilities to what a perfect NASCAR game can be. It, you know, just, I'm glad they're giving it some time. Uh, I'm glad it's going to not come out in 2024. I'm glad it's it's release date is going to be in 2025. That gives everybody involved in that project a lot of time to figure out something that's going to be, I hope, very impressive and, and should be very impressive. So um, fingers crossed on that. Well, you see how long it's taken them for them to make sure rain is looking good. So if they're doing mm -hmm. that for rain, I mean, for how long we've waited for that, but we know that it's going to come out like we hope it is, looks like it's looking pretty good, then I'm pretty sure they're going to be doing the same for this new game. Yeah, uh, rain is uh, rain is something, right? It's when you look at other video games, other other IPs that have rain involved in it, not many of them get it right. You know, and I think iRacing is trying to be right out of the box. I think that's the goal for everybody that's involved in the Rain project is that they want to make sure it is correct. It is how it's supposed to be. I, I don't think anybody can say it's going to be perfect out of the gate, but I think they're trying to make it as, as close as possible. The, the only game I've really ever played with Rain that I felt like was good was Gran Turismo 7. Um, their, their Rain system is great. It's limited, but it's it's great, and I I don't know what iRacing's rain system is fully going to entail, uh, but it hopefully is something like that or better, and I think it could be. I have to agree, and we look forward with that with much anticipation as we count down the days for that amazing game to be released here in about a year and a half. Let's just say mm -hmm. so. Well, with that, though, Justin, thank you for being a super sub for me here on this episode of the iRacers Download. To give a chance for people to learn more and follow your amazing writing that you do for iRacing, as you are now, of course, none other than a marketing and communication specialist for iRacing now, where can people go to follow you? Well, you can follow everything that iRacing has to offer at www.iracing.com for all the latest uh, specials and promotions. Uh, you can follow me personally. I'm on X, uh, formerly Twitter, uh, at Justin Malillo. Um, you can also follow everything that I'm writing by following iRacing uh, and also the at countdown number two green. Uh, that is a, a new... Uh, account that we're going to be posting esports stuff on um and you could also follow me on instagram at justin.malillo and oh. uh thanks for having me taylor it's been an absolute uh, pleasure it has been don't forget for those of you who are interested this week is the coach dave academy fuji eight hour special event on iRacing, utilizing the GT3 categories cars at fuji international speedway so if you have what it takes to battle it out in the eight hours there make sure to go sign up this weekend to battle it out and see if you have what it takes to battle win and japan of course the only thing we're missing i have to say justin is the gt500 cars 
<laughs> yeah, that would uh, that would fit quite nicely into that, wouldn't it? But yeah, I, uh, I have to agree. That it is it, this. Uh, this is the first ever iteration of the Fuji Eight Hour. Um, we'll see how it all works out this year. I'm sure we'll be getting a lot of the top teams involved in that. And I think I think it's Race Spot that's going to be having the call for uh, one of the top splits at one point. So uh, yes. definitely tune in for that. Yes, indeed. And then, of course, the following weekend, if you want more special events, it is going to be the British Racing and Sports Car Club iRacing Formula 4 1600 Festival. You can catch that action at Brands Hatch, the indie layout, on November 17th through the 18th. And then November 25th, the Winter Derby at Five Flag Speedway, utilizing the super late models at Pensacola. And then December 17th, the Chili Bowl will be happening at the Virtual Tulsa Expo Center with the Dirt Midget Cars. So still have a couple of special events to look forward to this year as we come to a close for 2023. Yep, definitely a lot of uh, a lot of special events that are going on. We've we've had quite a a good selection, uh, even you know throughout the year, but especially in the last couple of weeks. I I was uh, on on the uh, the the team that that produced the uh the scca runoffs the other day i didn't do much i was just making sure the ticker was working good but that was that was the whole experience six races in six hours it's something really cool that you don't really see on any other platform but iRacing. so uh very cool that that we get these special events like that yeah i did that event last year and it was a blast to be a part of and you know, look forward to seeing the next event that they do, as well as 2024 special events, which I have a feeling for the most part, the ones that we've run this year will be the ones that we see next year with maybe a couple of changes throughout the year. But with that, for Justin Malillo, for our producer Richard Colbreth, and our two special guests that joined us, of course, the drivers and winners, Alessandro uh, Sanchez, as well as Luke McEwen, I'm Taylor Burris. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the iRacers Download from the Speedsport Podcast Studio, powered by My Race Pass. <laughs>